Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. First of all, uh, last week, we before we, we get into this week, Last week, we, we embarked on a, a delicate conversation um, called Church Hurt. And it was a necessary conversation. And uh, if, if you were unable to be a part of that conversation in this room last week, uh, I highly recommend that, that you turn your ear to Spotify or iTunes and search Wapak Naz or go to our website and pull up the latest sermon and, and, and take a listen. Um, and uh, what I didn't do last week is, in retrospect, I should have done. Um, one, I should have preempted that conversation, and so I, I want to give that to you. Is that, that conversation did not come out of, of our congregation. Um, so please don't read between the lines. Um, that conversation came out of listening to uh, the voices on the pavement in our community. Not only Wapak Naz, but across the community. Because uh, I not only listen to the hearts and the minds of our congregation, but I listen to those that are within our community that aren't a part of what we have here. And I often hear this, church hurt. One of the reasons why folks don't even enter the doors of a congregation. And so I, I just wanted to preempt that for you. And I, I think I needed to make that, that statement last week. Um, but I, I, in retrospect, I, I learned, all right? So please don't read between the lines. There, there's, there's, it's not here necessarily, unless, unless it is, and I haven't had that conversation with you. Um, but also, with that said... Um, I want to thank you. Uh, over the course of the last several weeks, um, you have been very, very kind uh, to my wife and to myself, uh, to Matthew and his wife and family, through your cards, through uh, your messages, uh, through your gifts, and, and, and we definitely felt your appreciation. Um, and, and I just wanted to say thank you. Um, sometimes we, we get into the trenches and we don't get our head out of the trenches. And um, those are one of those moments that your words really, really do mean um, a lot. And I, I really appreciate that. So on behalf of the Kirkpatricks and on behalf of the Ambroses, um, we're grateful. Thank you very, very, very much. And uh, you don't ever need to do those things. Um, because I know that you're praying for us, and that's the most important thing. You're praying for us in this ministry, so thank you for that. Um, with that said, um, 
we embark on this conversation today. Um, much like we learned uh, back in September to take a pause for a pulse. Um, November has, in, in, in the life of this church, November has, has become that pause for a pulse in our church year. Uh, because uh, we, we often, um, whoops, we often um, have a conversation about happy thanks for giving, which is, is one conversation where we talk about biblical finances and we talk about good stewardship of what God has given us and giving out of what, what He has given us. And, and also in that title, Happy Thanks for Giving, is we talk about forgiveness because it's one of those things that we're grateful for. But another conversation is we have a, a Wapak Naz year in review where we, we pause and we, we look back and we reflect and we remember about our year. And it was yesterday that I was turning off the lights in the sanctuary after a meeting in the afternoon and I turned those lights off by the sound booth and I was I was thinking about the harvest dinner which we're having this evening by the way uh, it's at five o'clock and uh, we eat at 530 um, we're eating your food so you, you got to bring your food uh, but there's four turkeys that are going to be had and, and don't forget that that there's a non-perishable collection um, at the door and don't forget right after service we're, we're, we're putting up tables and chairs at the junior fair building tonight um, you're invited by the way not only to pick up chairs put chairs down and tables and make it look pretty but you're invited to eat tonight and so are your friends and your neighbors but as I was coming off the sound booth I was reminded that last year this day my wife was baking cookies in the kitchen and I was sitting on the couch watching football. And I went into the kitchen and I went to smell those wonderful cookies. I couldn't smell them. I thought, what in the world is wrong with me? And then I went to the exact opposite end of the spectrum, the cat litter box. And I took a big whiff. And I couldn't smell the litter box either. And I said, babe... I think I have COVID. <laughs> and I miss the wonderful harvest dinner meal that you all are about to partake tonight. And as I was processing all these things, and I've been remembering of our year, I remembered that um, last year, it was around November, that I entered some of the most raw, difficult, intense months of ministry since I stepped into this place here at Wapak Naz in 2013. It all started with officiating a funeral of a young man who was a recluse. He was very isolated. And not many people, even though some who knew him well they didn't know him in fact I remember trying to get stories from the family and they didn't have very many then in December a colleague and a friend from our district passed away from his battle in cancer and it was not long after that 
that my wife's basketball coach, high school basketball coach, had passed away. And he was actually her, her best friend's father. So there was another layer of dynamic. And then we, we lost some wonderful people that were a part of this congregation. By the end of January, I had attended six funerals in less than seven weeks and officiated four of them. One of them being that of my mom. So, February and March, January, February, and March were really, really raw for me and for some of you. And in fact, those, we've, we've even lost even more folks, a part of our congregation, through the spring and just a couple weeks ago. So this year was, was kind of raw, especially it started out that way. And so we walked through some really hard questions at the front end of February and the back end of January. Some hard questions like, where are you? God, where are you? Do you even care? We know that you know we're going through these things. Where's your compassion? Why aren't you righting the wrong here? Can faith and doubt commingle in our life? And we ask those questions, those hard questions over the course of February. You walk through them, I walk through them, and quite frankly, our life groups were walking through this book by Craig Groeschel called Hope in the Dark. Uncannily, we were walking through this book as we were, I was walking and we were walking through all of this loss and grief and adjustments to our life. What we learned out of that series was that hard questions that we keep on the inside and we fail to ask actually become God's that lock our soul, that prevent us from healing. So we also learned that it was brave to ask those hard questions of God. It's even more courageous not only to ask those questions, but to listen for the answer. That it's more brave to stop asking the questions that we ask and listen to the one who can answer. Knowing full well that when we ask the hard question that we actually might get the hard answer. Or no answer at all. Right? But even in this conversation in February, we learned some very important and necessary things about our God. That our God, the I am who I am, always was, always is, and always will be. 
his character, his nature, his essence never change. They're always the same. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Regardless of the circumstances around us that pull us in a million different directions emotionally, mentally, physically, He stays the same. We also learn that God Himself is always loving. And that He's always present. I spoke at Schlosser's funeral home just a week ago on Saturday to a group, a room full of people who had lost someone in their life in the last year. And however many times that we hear in this room that God is with us, it's so easy to forget that God is with us, especially when we're dealing with loss and grief and turmoil. They were reminded and we were reminded that God is with us. And there it is. God is with you. And that His presence is enough. And at the end of January, Zadie, Eulis, stood here with a staff over her head for about 25 minutes. And we learn that when, when we are weak, when we're tired, when we're worn out from the battle, because I know many of you are, we learned and were reminded that there are others. There are others in our life that are fighting for us. That they are in battle along with you through prayer and through their presence. Hope in the dark. You bring light to other people. Whether you believe that or not, I want to remind you of that. That's kind of why we exist, isn't it? We're love people loving people to Jesus. And in that, we bring hope to the hopeless and light to the dark, to the lives that are around us. That's why we have certain things such as Easter extravaganza. If you're not familiar with Easter extravaganza, it's light in our community for two hours where community comes in from the police department, the fire department, the Auglaize County Wildlife Association, and many other entities, and you, to put on a two-hour event with Easter Jam where kids hear the gospel, and we have a great time worshiping. And, in fact, they walk through the story of the Bible through blacklight. And you might catch a glimpse of an 87-year-old man in a barrel train enjoying himself going around our community. <laughs> we exist 
to bring hope. You're here to give hope to people who have lost it. To shine light into their life. And we start early. That's why we have VBA. In 2022, we finally had our first VBA since 2019 prior to COVID. And it was amazing. You put your hands and heart into the work. And let me tell you, it took all of you, all of you, young and seasoned and everybody in between to teach our kids about Christ, how He is the Son of God, to teach community kids the truth that He died on the cross for our sin and rose from the dead, and we can have hope because of Him. And I want to say thank you for bringing joy and blessing these kids and their families because it's not just about the kids that came through the door, it's about the families that brought them because you greeted them. You talked with them. Not because we want to just grow this church, but because we, we love people. It's all about the people. All about the people. So let me go back to that life group that we talked about hope in the dark. Outside of almost any other entity in this past year life group has been an entry point into the community of God into the kingdom of God and it has been a catalyst to true genuine change in the lives of people Chelsea Klima is one of those if you were at the baptism celebration service at the YMCA you were able to hear her story Unfortunately, you can't go to Spotify or iTunes to hear it. But she shared her story. And her entry point into the kingdom of God, her entry point into Wapak Naz, was on our Thursday morning life group. She was invited, invited by a family member. But the fact is, and the truth is, that life group had been praying for her for months and months and months as she was struggling with her addiction. You heard at the baptism celebration service how she had been sober for a, quite some time. I'm here to tell you she's almost on the brink of one year sober. Yes. I'm here to tell you that she is now living in her own apartment. And just house. Thank you. Thank you. And... I asked if I could share this with you, and she said, sure. About a week ago, she received full custody of her kids. Something we've been praying for, absolutely. That's the work of God, because God has truly graced her life and empowered her choose and make the hard choices in her life it's very easy to choose the things that give us pleasure in the moment it's harder to choose the things that 
actually breed life over time. And it's been life group. It's been scripture. It's been the hard choices. It's been the grace of God. It's been Jesus Christ in our life as a result of life group. And you, on Sunday mornings, gathering with her, praying for her, not even knowing her, you're praying for her. And I just want to say thank you. Because that's what Wapak Naz is. Love people, loving people to Jesus. And what happens with that is true, radical life change in the world. A few weeks ago, our boy, the missing link, Travis, during Engage, which is kind of like life group on steroids for teenagers. It really is. I think Laura would agree with that, right? And some of you who have been on, <laughs> Debbie's laughing, she's like, yes, it is. It's life group on steroids. And sugar. All kinds of sugar. Um, but in a room full of teenagers, about 21 teenagers and several adults, Travis shared the scars of his story of his past he was vulnerable and he was honest he breathed some topics that we don't often talk about that have happened in his life but then Jesus he shared the hope and the renewal and the life he has because of Jesus Christ a man who was desperate who lost hope was on the brink of the edge of life and succumbed by Satanism has now received Jesus Christ and become a hope dealer to his friends within the community that comes on Wednesday night I want to share with you that after Travis was done and the net was cast to those 21 teenagers one young girl received Jesus Christ that night love people loving people to Jesus offers opportunity for people to receive Jesus right and it doesn't end there we continue with that we grow with them and we go with them and with you but now that we're on the topic of teenagers let me just share you share a little bit about our teenagers those knuckleheads I love them they're great um, back in January we had a, a late nighter which was according to Matthew was one of our largest events since since his tenure here and that late nighter it's not an all-nighter because Matthew's old and the rest of our our youth leaders are old and they're like man we're not going past midnight. I need my sleep. But that late nighter was a catalyst to this increase of our youth ministry. We were running very, very low, probably about seven or eight. As a result of the late nighter, we began to explode. As a result of this late nighter, a young lady who I was talking with uh, Alexia and Destiny, a young lady who was involved in witchcraft, was at this late nighter. And then she went to our 
30-hour famine where she, along with several other teenagers, were fasting for 30 hours, raising funds to bring life change to people that they'll never meet, learning about poverty, learning about finances and biblical understanding of finances. But they were also praying, reading scripture and journaling. And this young lady was a part of that experience. We may never see this young lady again, but I can tell you she was loved as Jesus loves and as we're called to love. Our youth group continues to gather at fun events such as s'mores and more, and they have a great time. And you can see the unity among our teenagers, whether they're a part whether they attend on Sunday or not. Because our youth group, like our church, exists for the marginalized. For those that are on the peripheral. For those that have been looked over and forgotten. Because we know that they are created in the image of God. And as human beings, they carry dignity and value and worth. I think I'm learning a lot of lessons about what the kingdom of God and the church should be through our youth group. I don't... hmm. I was really trying to make sure that... uh, I was very humble, praying through humility this morning to make sure that these sermons are are spoken in humility. One of our key leaders in our community gave Wapak Naz a shout out because this group of teenagers at Fields of Faith, um, it's at the basketball court because of rain. It would have been a field of faith, but it was a court of faith. But Wapak Naz had the largest attending youth group at Fields of Faith. And they were encouraging to some of these leaders that are part of our community because of the presence and because of the unity together. So they not only gather in fun with a lot of sugar from Miss Debbie Lynch but they go to camp and they go to retreat and they they actually do some very spiritual things just like you do such as at the table now at the table we'll be coming here in about three and a half months four months don't worry Easter will be soon we haven't got to Christmas but it's right right behind At the table is where we gather around the table and celebrate and remember the cross of Christ and His crucifixion and the cost that He paid for our redemption and His resurrection, right? Our teenagers gather around the table just like you do. And they hear that story. And some of them learned it for the very, very first time time this spring 
and they were prayed over by their leader, Matthew. He prayed over each and every one of our teenagers by name, knowing their story. Obviously, there's <laughs> Bob. Bob came late to the party. <laughs> Laughed a little late on that one. <laughs> um, obviously, this year's been a little bit different, hasn't it? Our youth pastor was on deployment. I don't know if you remember, he was on deployment January and February. Local deployment. And now um, he's gearing up to go. I don't have a go date yet, but he's very, very close. I want to tell you that there are many that are a part of this congregation who have stepped in as leadership for our youth group. And you would think, you would think, because somebody like Matthew is not there, we would, we would miss a beat. I can tell you we have not. I'll watch it with my own eyes. You have amazing leadership in place for our youth group. Laura has done a phenomenal job as leader. Debbie, who believes that she doesn't bring anything to the table except cupcakes, you should just sit in your car on a Wednesday night and watch her roll up in her car. Probably half the group swarm her car as if they're going to carjack it. But they love, they love Miss Debbie because she's consistent. She loves them where they are, just like Jesus. Love people loving people to Jesus. We're to be Jesus to everyone, including teenagers. Brittany and Matt and Nikki and Brittany, two Brittany's, and Zach. I just, they're not missing a beat over there. In fact, in fact, they're growing. They're growing. It's because you're praying, and they're doing, and they're loving. This picture right here. Many of you, if you were in this room last Sunday probably had a small heart attack as our teenagers were re-entering society <laughs> um, from fall retreat. <laughs> there were six teenagers that went to fall retreat last week, and they were returning right, well, about a half hour ago. And I want to say thank you to you as a congregation 
Because one, you're honoring the Lord with your wealth and you're giving the Lord what is His through your first fruits. You're bringing the whole tithe. You, because you do this, you sent three leaders to that camp. A college student, Laura, she will be a college student, uh, and, and Zach. You were able to send three leaders, they paid nothing to go to camp, to not just be chaperone, chaperones, but to invest in the lives of those kids. But I also want to say thank you for those that were generous, because some of you, above and beyond your tithe and offering, you were generous. You planned to be generous. In fact, you sought us out. Some of you sought us out and said, hey, who needs help to go to camp or fall retreat? Who needs help? Some of you were asked, and you willingly said, yeah, why not? We firmly believe that generosity is something you plan to do. Even when you have little, you plan to do it. And let me tell you, I'll go back to that picture. I should have had another one. Three, three of those six teenagers, three of them, God whispered into their soul and called them into ministry. Now that's something to celebrate. <laughs> called them into ministry at fall retreat because of you were bringing in your whole tithe and you were being generous and you were, we were able to send them and help them go to camp. And those three, they have no idea what that looks like. Congratulations, that's what ministry is. You don't know what it looks like. But they do know that right now, whatever the long game is in their life, they do understand that right now, they're to truly impact their school and the people within the school, including teachers, including staff and administration. The very, very people you will be serving over the next week and a half. Thank you. Very, very, very much. For being who you are. For giving out of what God has given you. And for being generous with what God has given you. Because it's life change heart change. It's hearing the word of God and his call in their life. Our friend Deontay, he came here several weeks ago and you heard his testimony, you heard his story and you were inspired by the change in his life because of Jesus Christ while in prison. And the passion and the drive he has as a result of Christ. He's wanting to go and, and attempt to heal the broken and the lost who have stories just as similar to his. At the end of that conversation, I put in a plug for him. Because when you, when you leave prison, you don't have much in possession. When you leave the restoration house, you don't have anything. And so he was moving into his apartment, and I said, Deontay, what do you need? And you listened to what he needed. You. 
and many of you talked with me and talked with him. And I can tell you he has a bed frame, a box spring, a mattress, sheets, and pillows, and a microwave because of you. Because you saw a need, you heard a need, and you filled it. You did, as Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. We are loved people loving people to Jesus. And we don't just love them to Jesus. We love them as they grow and as they go in Jesus. Thank you for doing that. He is entirely grateful because of you. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. It's a biblical principle in giving and generosity. Many of you not only have given of your materials and your finances, but of your time. You're investing in lives. I want to say thank you, because it also says a generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself or herself be refreshed. As you've been doing these things, you've been getting refreshed as well, and we celebrate it was last December that I sat before you and I cast a vision. I cast a vision of central Mozambique, the Melange district. It's one of the fastest growing districts and areas in the Church of the Nazarene in the world. And I had cast a vision to you because a vision was cast to me through our district superintendent, Jeff Kunselman. This area, that Mozambique, in and of itself, is uh, 70% of the population live in poverty. One-third suffer from malnutrition. And in fact, half of the population do not have access to clean water. We talked about that in December. And that being a one of the fastest growing areas in the Church of the Nazarene globally, particularly in Africa. There are about 2,000 pastors, and only 7% of them are partially educated in doctrine, theology, leadership, scripture. They've been called to pastoral leadership. They don't know how to do it. And the only training center was 900 miles away from where they're located. So the vision was cast to you from my du- district superintendent. Hey, there's a district center that needs completed. They need electrical work. They need furnishings. They need quite a few other things, beds and cots and all those things to get this district center up and running. And I cast to you, folks, we're not only a local church, but we're a global church. And I asked to stretch ourselves to be generous to $4,000. You, just you, raised well over $9,000 to get this district center complete. Jeff Kunselman, the one on the right, my, my boss, he went to Mozambique just a few weeks ago and was able to witness what's happening 
and pastors and their families being trained, whether in a building or under a tree. How's that for a life group? That'd be awesome. We, our, thir- our Sunday night life group, had the privilege of meeting with Adimi, Chiguala, the district superintendent, and the key leader in that region. He came over to the United States to drop his kid off to school. And he was traveling all throughout our district, and he landed on a, on a Sunday right here in Wapak. And we were able to listen to his stories and hear what's going on in Mozambique. I want to say thank you because he is entirely grateful for the impact that you are making because of your finances on a global scale. Our hope and our prayer as he and I communicate back and forth on WhatsApp, our hope and prayer is that when he returns back to the States next summer and summer of 2023, please pray with me that the Lord, it's the Lord's will that he, he's able to come right here to Wapak Naz on a Sunday morning so that we can hear what's happening in the lives of those pastors and the lives of their communities and the people around them. I'm excited for that. He's excited for that. And I want to say thank you for your generosity. Not only did you invest in Mozambique, but you also invested in Peru. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, you can see by the picture, the girls won the VBA Penny March, and the boys did not. I think it was rigged too. <laughs> it was totally rigged. If, if you're new to Wapak Naz, we're, we're not just a local church. Neither is the Church of the Nazarene. The local church impacts the region and the globe with the gospel. Those beds will be in the Nazareno uh, Seminario. De Seminario, or Seminario de Nazareno. Thank you, wife. My, my wife is going over there. Your English and Spanish are wrong, both of them. Um, but those beds are going to be there to where those that walk five days to the, to the seminary have a bed to sleep on when they're getting trained. So they can go out into their communities and bring the gospel into the churches and love them where they are. Folks, It's about life change. Love people, loving people to Jesus is about life change. From the soul, inside out. And you have celebrated that. It's about those people who have come to Christ and who are growing in Christ and who are called in Christ to minister to their communities just like you young, seasoned, and everybody in between. Thank you for being loved people, loving people to Jesus. Typically, this, this series would go for four weeks. We have two weeks on Happy Thanksgiving. We'd have two weeks on our year in review. Unfortunately, we only got one week this year because November's weird this year. 
impacting people. Folks, you are impacting people because you're allowing God to impact you. I want to say thank you. Debbie said it herself. This is the best kept secret in our community. I hope next year when we do this, that's not a secret anymore. It's not a secret. Let's not be a secret anymore. Because the message of Jesus Christ and the radical transformation that can happen on the inside can't keep it in anymore. It's too important. It's too important. It's necessary. We're not here to complain about culture. We're not here to complain about the generations. No, we're here to make an impact on our culture and the generations. That's why we exist. That's what Jesus Christ did. And I challenge you in the next year, let's not make this a secret anymore. Not keep it to ourselves. It's too good. You're awesome. Why would you not want people to bask in your awesome because you're, you're awesome because of Jesus that's why you're awesome would you please stand I appreciate you listening to me ramble today I'm very very blessed and humbled and proud to know you all of you thank you for allowing me to be in your life. Heavenly Father, you're our example. You're our example to each other, each believer, whether they're a part of this congregation or another, whether they're in the States or elsewhere. You're our example, but you're also our example to those that are far from you that have no belief in God. You're our example to those that are in need of healing and hope. You're our example to those that have little and you're our example to those who have a lot. You're our example. Thank you for teaching us. I love you, Jesus, and I just want to honor you. as we move forward and give you all the glory and all the praise. It's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. Folks, before I I bless you, don't forget there are tables and chairs and wonderful things that need set up at the Junior Fair building. So if you're willing to take about 10 minutes to put your backs into it. Uh, Please just head over to the fair building unless you have a different...
if you, if if you're a, if you're able-bodied and you're strong, uh, we have some roasters that need lifted into Sandy's uh, vehicle. Um, but hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Will you please, please love your neighbor as yourself? Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.